uh, for all the retired people out there, You've got your minimum required distribution every year. So that I use part of my minimum required distribution from my IRA to uh, give to the crop walk. So it's a nice idea. There's more and more retired people every, every year. This is a podcast called Walk, Talk, Listen. An attempt to connect people and make this world a bit better by sharing opinions and experiences based on the belief that everyone's perspective is true, albeit partial. My name is Maurice Bloom, and I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of Walk, Talk, Listen. Okay, good day, everybody. This is another episode of the podcast Walk, Talk, Listen. And I'm, I'm really uh, delighted today with the two guests that I have. Uh, you know, this is part of, of um, the 1100 mile walk, these, these number of these series of episodes. I arrived actually yesterday, and today um, I did a little run. Um, I came across a lot of hills, so I, don't, I hope that I will not see too many hills during the coming days. Um, but but I'm I'm delighted with today's guests because they they are doing great work in the Seattle area and uh, you know uh, they, yeah they will tell who they are they will tell about the crop ho- uh, hunger walk that they are supporting already for I think close to 30, 40 years thirty nine years this will, will be forty them. this will be forty wow um, yeah so so um, uh, Jeff and Sharon please introduce yourself. Hello, uh, I'm Sharon Kenyon, and uh, I've been active with the Renton Crop Hunger Walk for 38 years, uh, actually 39, mm. and then I got active doing something besides walking uh, after the first year. Um, our very first year of walking, my daughter, we, I went out <clears throat> with her, and I, I said, for every envelope you get full of walkers, We'll give you a hundred dollars for that envelope. So she proudly told Daddy when he came home how many envelopes she had filled and said, "And Mommy promised that you guys were going to pay a hundred dollars for every envelope." So uh, ever since then, she's been very gun ho. This was when she was in second grade. Yeah, that's one thing that inspired me so much with crop walk was how much it inspired her. Mm. Right, and and. Before we go to, to Jeff, so you said the first year you was you were only quote unquote only a walker, not an organizer. So who brought you into the you know why did you decided to to start? Well, actually, the very first year that I didn't walk, we were just new in the church and we had just donated okay. to something else. And I said, now they want us to donate to something else, and no, we're not going to do that. And then and we were uh-huh. new new jobs, etc. So the next year we decided to walk and just thought it was wonderful and really enjoyed it and my daughter was so inspired mm-hmm. that she inspired us right okay and jeff and you were you, you were forced into it or, or tell tell how you got involved yes yeah <laughs> i was introduced myself as as uh yeah M- mr sharon kenyon because i because my, sharon sharon inspired me to uh to get going in this uh, yeah i'm a retired airline pilot um, oh. 
and I was uh, I'm also a retired uh, Air Force Reserve, which wow. uh, I guess Air, Air Force retirement. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's kind of my uh, where I came from. Um, my my know, father was in the Air Force as well, in the Dutch Air Force. Yeah, he was an oh. electro electro mechanic, so uh, he had to make sure that the you know the the plane stayed. Uh, uh, everything was working properly, right? When yeah, you went air- out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. airworthy. Very good. Uh, I, I, about the crop walk, I mean, I, I guess most of the crop walks that I've done, uh, I'm kind of the go-to guy as far as, uh, you know, the, the setup and the, uh, and the cleanup at the end and, and stuff that might happen in between. Uh, you know, we do have a we do have a guy that, that helps us out uh, with with certain supplies and things like that. But uh, getting started with the crop walk myself, uh, it was kind of a family thing. I have done the crop walks by myself, but most most of the time I did it with my daughter. It was I always look forward every year to walking with my daughter. And uh, you like level level uh, areas to walk, and that's that's what our crop walk is. It's it's level. It's not a not a big strenuous thing. It's uh, you know, it, it's been it's been six about six miles in the past, and, and actually we're going to shorten it this year. But and it, it's a level walk. It it, it is a little tiring, uh, you know, to do it. But I think, well, uh, how how tired do the people get that they have to go walk that far uh, for water every mm-hmm. day or whatever? Uh, we walk because they walk. Um, yeah. The last couple of years, I've been doing the walk with my grandson. So I really enjoy walking with my grandson too, because he's he has a you know kind of a perspective. He's a very positive minded person, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, be, being he's uh, how old is he now? Twenty six, twenty seven. Twenty seven. So he's he's not he's I guess, I guess you could sort of consider him still a youth. But anyway, mm-hmm. he's uh, it's good to get his his perspective on everything, and uh, you know, uh, to, to do that he he like he enjoys doing it for same same reasons. You know why why not do it? Why mm-hmm. why not do it? Tell tell the listeners a bit about so how many people are involved in organizing it and how you know how uh, yeah when do you start when you know preparing for it? Uh, I usually I kind of wait till the first of the year and then start mm-hmm. organizing. Uh, and your walk have, is when again? Uh, the thirtieth of uh, April. Okay. okay, so in the beginning of the year, you start thinking about what needs to be done. Uh, well, I get the permits going with the city and okay. uh, some publicity. And then the recruiters, uh, we always have the recruiters meeting with ma- materials and everything that they need to go uh, by the end of February. And then we take off for a couple of weeks uh, and go down and get some sunshine and then come back and we're ready to go again now. So churches really won't get involved or people won't really get involved that much until April. Okay. Wow. And and so how how many besides you? How many and 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 Jeff? How many more people are are uh, you know part of the organization? Or it's only the two of you? And then later in April, some additional folks we have uh, join. We have a treasurer and then someone that does arrangements. Uh, and we had less helpers lately, just because of COVID and the way things mm. went. Things yeah. had less walkers, so. Uh, Slowly, we're building up to having more walkers again now. Uh, at one time, we had 400 walkers years ago. Now we have 
I, we didn't even have 100 last year, but I'm hoping we'll have at least 100 this year. We, we used to have, uh, all the previous years, we had uh, three checkpoints mm -hmm. that we had to start, uh, checkpoint one, checkpoint two, checkpoint mm -hmm. three at the turnaround. Uh, since we shortened the walk this year, mm -hmm. uh, we're only going to have the start and one other checkpoint. So those people, uh, for the previous checkpoints, have been doing it for many, many years. Uh, checkpoint two, we have a neighbor that that does that. You know, is that just checkpoint one? I guess Bill. Uh, he's he's been doing it for many, many years mm -hmm. uh, with with other people, another person or people with this church. Uh, and then the, the people at the uh, at the turnaround have been doing it for many, many years. Uh, one of them was the uh, the daughter of somebody who had been the coordinator for our crop walk for, for a few years mm -hmm. before Sharon. Yeah. And uh, the people at checkpoint two were, were you, it kind of varies, but uh, anyway, that, you have to kind of include those people with mm -hmm. people that are really essential for us yeah. to have the, the checkpoint people. Uh, we have an, what's called an arrangements person, uh, Joe. Um, so he he makes he kind of makes sure that the checkpoints have chairs and tables and uh, water. Uh, cookies. Yeah, cook, cookie. That's right. He he provides the cookies. Uh, obviously, it's volunteers that provide the cookies. Or we've had orange slices. Things changed a little bit, obviously, during COVID. Actually, we didn't even have a crop walk uh, in twenty twenty. Or, mm -hmm. or actually, I guess 20, 2021, I guess we didn't have one either, did we? Just mainly online. Everybody did their okay. own one. But anyway, oh, okay. gen generally, yeah, we have to- You, you did something online, right, then, at that time? Yeah. It did not stop. Yeah. You still, yeah, you still raised money. Yeah, people did their own walk, yeah. yeah. So no cookies and no oranges, darn it. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> okay. And and um, so you were saying you have less walkers. Is that affecting also the, the you know, the amount of, of uh, fund, funds raised, or is that- you know, stable. Uh, yeah, we're, we're coming. We're coming back now, but it it did affect us some. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and tell us about uh, then part of the money goes back into the local community. So, which organizations are you supporting? Uh, Salvation Army, uh, uh, Renton Rotary Food Bank. Uh, that's the main uh, food bank in Renton. And this will be the 39th year that, or the 40th year we're supporting them. They're the original. Wow. Uh, we have a, something called the South King County Shelter Program, which was originally a rise. Mm -hmm. So originally it was uh, homeless people coming to a church and being provided a place to sleep and, and food. Now, since COVID, the uh, county has kind of taken over that and now they're staying in a hotel, which is working out and uh, Catholic Community Services leads that. And that works out really well because of the fact that now everybody is in one place and they have medical care. They have uh, people that have the ability to find them jobs and get them on their feet. And so we're really seeing that it really is helping the homeless situation and giving people opportunities mm. to get them on their feet. Uh, Margie William Helping's Hands, we've been doing that for quite a few years. Uh, we originally, one of the reasons we started that was because Salvation Army Food Bank was closed on Saturdays and they were open. Um, St. Vincent de Paul Food Program, um, that uh, one of the main reasons we were helping with that was 
It was a place where workers who couldn't really afford food could go in there and get a quick sack lunch. Uh, or it, the other thing they kind of specialized in was older people where they would actually take food to them. Uh, Rent Reach Center of Hope uh, provides a day center with 24 hour shelter and meals for families all in one area. It welcomes fathers and boys uh, 12 years and older, which has been a real problem for families because mm. they were being split apart because, mm. you know, there was a the father and the son and they yeah. can, and then also um, reach rent and meal coalition. Uh, and that sprouted from someone coming to a reach meeting that said, you people are all so religious. And on Sundays, we have nowhere to eat. And you're enjoying your church and you are enjoying your meals. <laughs> and so that sprouted from that comment. Mm. And so uh, they serve meals on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday mm. and um, in the evening and then every morning for breakfast for, for anybody that needs wow. it. Wow. That's a lot of organization, a lot of yeah, good good things that are being supported. Yeah, and and um, so are they every year the same, or do you review it together in your committee? Committee, how does that work? That's it's been pretty much those for quite a few years. Okay, yeah. okay, got it. Um, I want to piggyback on on your comment, Jeff, because you were saying you know you're you're walking with your grandson. How is it? You know, if you compare it you know, 39 years ago with the participation of the younger generation? Um, is that stable or, you you know, are less uh, young folks involved? I I'd like to think these things may be going waves, but uh, 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 I don't know how many youth from other churches were involved. We had quite a few youth from our, our church. Um, our grandson, you know, is really not in, in, the, in our community, actually. He, he goes to his own church uh, in Seattle. Um, yeah, I think it's in Seattle. Um, so the, the number of youth in, in a cro our crop walk has, has actually decreased. Uh, I don't know if it was because of COVID or what, but uh, I, I don't know how much the youth, uh, you know, how, how much has it really actually decreased in the okay. last <laughs> I, five It years. mainly has to do with just not, it's not that the amount of youth have decreased that are coming to our, our walk. Mm -hmm. uh, so much as it is that most all the churches don't have much of any youth group anymore where they did 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I, our church still does have a youth group and they're very mm -hmm. passionate about making a difference. And okay. they all do show up to the crop walk, but it's just maybe a fourth of the size that it used to be. We, mm -hmm. Our youth, we used to have uh, like 60 youth from our church coming mm -hmm. to the youth group. To the walk. Piggybacking on what you just said, that within your own church, you still, uh, you know, the youth is very active. But what in general, if you look at the youth in your community, what do you see? And um, and what I mean, what I would like to know from you is in relation to their faith, religion, you know, spirituality. Um, yeah, how does that compare when, when, if you compare it to when you were growing up, you know, we're young, um, is there any difference? 
uh, yeah, you know, um, what are your observations? I think that uh, there's just a different type of social life uh, and that the church used to be much more of a social life for younger people and younger families than it is now. Uh, families are just so much busier and very often sports are on Sundays and uh, there's just a lot of conflict with being able to make it to church regularly like they used to. It makes it challenging for the Propong Walks to, you know, continue to organize, uh, right? So, so uh, yeah, so how, how are you trying to deal with it as, as volunteers? Because, you you know, you need old and young to continue, yeah. I, I guess. Uh, we go with what we have and mm. uh, our youth are just wonderful. And yeah. one thing that we really stress um, You're not just earning money and you're not just walking. You are experiencing the walk of your walking for water because they walk for water. Mm -hmm. And what's so fantastic about our crop walk is it's along the Cedar River. So you can see the little streams that are coming into the river. And, you know, every year when I talk to the youth, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, so how far would you have to walk for your water if you didn't have it coming out of your faucet, you know? Mm -hmm. And we always stress, think about that when you're doing the crop walk, that people have to walk this far for water every day or maybe twice a day just to get water. And how much time does that take, you know, besides all the other jobs that you would need to do? Mm-hmm. So they, they're pretty immersed into why they're walking. They're just not walking to earn money. They're, they're feeling what people feel in other countries. You know, I'm I'm uh, my organization's representative, uh, you know, to the UN, uh, working on policies and you know trying to, you know, ensure that the whole world ultimately is looking at working together at something that uh, we came up with, uh, come up with as a, as a world, and it's called the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. You know, goal number two is ending hunger. Goal number one is ending poverty. There's a water goal as well. And everything is is related, right? I mean, you mentioned it yourself in terms of uh, access to water is very much linked with um, hunger as well. And, you know, gender, which is uh, sustainable development goal number five. Um, You know, if you talk about water in many countries, you know, the women are the ones that have to walk. And if they are away from a community that has implications for childcare or that has implications for violence against women because they walk all alone um, all those miles. Um, so I'm, I'm very passionate that, that we together try to reach those 17 sustainable development goals. My, my question is you, uh, to you is, have you heard about sustainable development goals? Um, and if so, you know, what? Do you think the listeners should know about the sustainable development goals? And if you have not heard about the sustainable development goals, yeah, what comes first to your mind when when uh, when you hear me talking about it? When I read the one or I saw the one video, I just uh, I'm trying to think what what Einstein said. He he said uh, you can never solve the problems uh, in the world with the same uh, level or form of consciousness that caused the problems in the first place. So that, that's really what I got out of uh, mm. looking at all those, you know, the, the video uh, sustainability things. Uh, 
You know, I, I think when you uh, talk about having goals of uh, zero hung, uh, hunger, uh, you know, it's you, you've got to take into consideration, I think, human nature. And there's certain things about human nature that you're never going to overcome. Uh, and, you know, education is, tries to overcome certain limitations of, of human beings. But uh, mm -hmm. some people either, you know, either can't get educated or they don't want to be educated. Uh, they, you know, they don't want to change their paradigms. They don't want to change uh, how they've been doing things for years and years. Uh, I guess that the gender thing about the woman carrying the water, you know, that <laughs> what that's what that's with that, you know. Uh, so that human nature is, is certainly a, a barrier to, uh, to a lot of the goals that uh, that are being, you know, mm -hmm. being uh, hoped for. I, I don't know if you you saw also um, what I sent to you about the inner development goals because a lot of in in a sense maybe what you were alluding to is what a, a growing number of people around the world have been saying you know one of the reasons that we are not reaching those goals or are behind in because we said you know before 2030 we need to reach those goals but they are saying one of the reasons that we are behind is that we are not paying attention to you know the the I in the community, the things that you, you know, the in empathy that, that you need to work on as, as, a, as an individual and as a community, um, that there are certain things, you know, skills, knowledge uh, that you need. Um, and, and they came up with the inner development goals, so five goals, uh, being, thinking, relating, collaborating, and action. Is that something that you were just alluding to in terms of, you know, you cannot just... Uh, work on the system you need to work on yourself and on your community as well is that what i heard and and uh does that resonate with you the, the inner development goals it definitely does with me and one of the things that i i heard in one of those two that you were mentioning was they were saying that we've got the science we've got the knowledge you know we're kind of ready to go but what's holding us up is selfishness greed and apathy and I, mm. I just thought that really laid it on the line fairly clearly mm. that, mm. you know, it's, it's got to, you can't always rely on the system to do it. It has to start from the bottom up. Yeah, I think, I think uh, as far as like climate change, the, uh, you know, the title of Al Gore's book was uh, Inconvenient Truth. It's in, inconvenient mm -hmm. for people to do to change their ways, so mm -hmm. well they don't do it. They're for all the same, probably a lot of the same. The three reasons that Sharon just said. Mm -hmm. uh, well, what are they? Greed, you know, selfishness, selfishness, greed, and apathy. Greed and apathy, yeah. mm -hmm. which we're all guilty of. <laughs> we're all guilty. Human nature. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if you heard. No, you haven't heard because I did not. I did not make uh, make the podcast available, but I, I spoke uh, a couple of days ago with a, a journalist and an author, and, a, and a, he's a coach as well, a leadership coach, who um, has not has gone off the grid for eight months now. Um, so he um, he doesn't use electricity, and he uses you know whatever solar energy he gets. Um, he doesn't produce any garbage uh, anymore. I, you should listen to it. It's, it's interesting. And I'm not saying that, you know, we all should do that. Um, but it's kind of, it, it got me thinking in terms of, you know, 
can we all do a little bit more for each other and you know for our uh, children ultimately and for our grandchildren mm-hmm. um so yeah I, after after i'm after i've talked with you i need to edit it one and, and post it one so 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 that you can listen to it um you know, I'm a music. I, I would like to go to an area that, that is also very close to my heart, and that's music. So I always ask my guests also to to come up with a piece of music or a song uh, that best embodies, you know, who, who you are or part of you. Um, so, which song or piece of music would that be, and why? <laughs> and this is the question that my guests always find the most difficult question. So, um, take your time. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Give a Little Bit by, uh, well, Supertramp. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess it was a 70s song, yeah. uh, probably written by Roger Hodg- Hodgson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know all the words, but, you know, give a little bit, get a little bit of your love to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, see the man in, with the, uh, what was that? See the man with the, I uh, uh, can't remember, something smile. Uh, take his hand and and you you'd be so surprised something like that. I anyway I, I like the the words I like the music. Uh, give a little bit, give a little bit of yourself. Okay, and and um, if you if you uh, because it it says something that's what you just told me about you. So when you look back, what you have done so far, have you have have you given a little bit of yourself? Oh, I'd like to thank. Uh, uh, in terms of time, I suppose uh, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, you know, we, I, I feel we've given the time for for uh, doing certain things, especially with the crop walk. Uh, uh, financially, I guess, uh, I guess we've given, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I finished in the top one hundred of uh, <laughs> of uh, mm-hmm. walkers uh, last year, anyway. So I'm hoping to do the same thing this year. So uh, my my little bit, I guess, is is uh, not not too bad. Mm-hmm. Great, <laughs> great, yeah. No, and and you know, I, I I'm never aware of those those things. Right, it's all confidential <laughs> information. So that's that's great. Uh, thanks, Jeff. And and um, Sharon, uh, I had a real hard time with that. Uh, I do mm-hmm. sign songs. Okay, nice. Yeah. But I went through all those songs and it's like, I like them all, but they didn't describe me. No. Uh, so I would say what describes me is some song that talks about dancing because I'm not too much into the words of songs. I'm more into the feeling and the, the beat. And we, mm-hmm. We're dancers. Uh, so, uh, and I'm always on the move. I, I can't imagine I've sat here this long already. Just on the move and on the go and doing things. So, so you know, your top five dance songs, which what is what is number one then? But you, when the song starts, you can't sit still and go for it. Which one is that? I don't. I can't think of words of songs, but maybe something like flash dance or something with a good beat. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a that's a nice song. Okay, and and just for the listeners and for you, maybe if you don't know, but I made a, a Spotify playlist of all the songs that have been. Uh, selected by my guests so so if you go to spotify hashtag walk talk listen then you will find all those songs and i i very often listen it listen to it myself because it reminds me of all those awesome conversations that i that i had uh, in the last two years so um 
I would like to go back to, to hunger nutrition in, in the US. And recently, a new strategy was um, approved. It's called the White House. Well, I, I, I like to call it only the National Strategy on Hunger, Nutrition and Health. And, and I mean, the official one is maybe the Biden-Harris one, but I, I skipped that because it is really a result of a bipartisan effort. So, so uh, otherwise it gets politicized. And I really think it's a national strategy that should go beyond you know, whoever is in charge of it. But uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if you had time because I sent you the summary, what is written in it. But the, the strategy is important in relation to you know, things like SNAP and WIC, um, you know, uh, uh, nutritional uh, initiatives for yeah, people who need it in, in the US. Um, so, yeah, my, my question is, were you aware uh, about this new strategy? Um, you know, do you see in working with those five uh, implementing agencies, you know, the, the recipients of the Kropanga Walk, yeah, do you hear worries? Are they hopeful? Uh, is there anything that you've heard about the strategy, yeah, and this, that this new strategy could be helpful in strengthening their efforts in, in uh, fighting hunger and poverty and, and health? I'm not real aware of the prog programs that are Mm -hmm. existing now but i am familiar with wic and um i'm a retired nurse so mm -hmm. um to me it's really important that people get the right nutrition from the beginning up and especially during their pregnancies um, so i think it's important that the government does step on, up and make sure that people get what they need mm -hmm. i think a lot of it has to do with education too i i you like to think that they can it can educate the kids as far as uh, you know. If you eat the right things, you know you're gonna. There's gonna be a good outcome if you don't eat the right things. There's, there's you know, your outcome is not going to be very good. Mm. And I don't know what what they can do to uh, kids these days. Probably like shock shock treatment. I think they if they see <laughs> if they see somebody. So you're going to get type one diabetes or type two diabetes, whatever. If 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 this happens, if you know if you don't blah 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 blah. Because you hear horror stories about kids that have you know, a decent lunch or uh, school lunch, and I'll end up like throwing away some of the vegetables because they don't, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't taste good or something. They, I, I, you don't know what the, uh, what, you know, how, how to deal with something like that. With I think education is a lot of the, a lot of the thing with with uh, nutrition, uh, and that's it's tough to it's tough to uh, get people to to change their ways and and to not like you know sweet things and you know, sweet drinks and whatever. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. No, and and so listening to you, are there are they are there certain specific worries uh, with regard to the Seattle area? For, for me, coming here, everywhere I go during this week, I call the Seattle area, right? So oh. it's 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 uh, the Kent area as well as the whole, yeah, um, this part of the West Coast. Anything specifically you see in your area? We're not really that aware of what's going on uh, with hunger other than the food bank saying we're having mm -hmm. all these people coming in. Or, and one of, one of the things that is so nice is the Margie William mm -hmm. Helping Hands Food Bank. They're mm -hmm. really into really trying to make sure they have lots of fresh fruits and vegetables. Yeah, and, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and I have to say, you know, I... Um, yeah, I started in 2012 with this 100-mile walk, and 
I started in in uh, Southern California, and I have to say, you know, over the years I've seen. Uh, I, then I did not see a lot of fresh produce, and that definitely improved. Yeah. And and so it's good to hear that you see that also in your area, because that's important. You know, it's not only about food; it is about a quality food, nutritious food. So so in there, uh, fresh produce is important, and then. Jeff, as you mentioned, then you have to ensure that the children will eat it. Of course, that's that's the other uh, step. Um, you're so right. This is also my opportunity um, to to uh, to show um, my listeners about Seattle. So, but I don't know a lot about Seattle area. But a- again, what I mean with Seattle area is also the area where you live, you know, Kent, where I'm going to. So all those surrounding areas. I can say that one of the big things that a lot of people are doing, uh, mm-hmm. different churches, is every, a lot of the churches now have their little food pantry that's this big. And yeah. uh, we are on the greening committee. So we're at our church very, very often outside working. and wow. that there are cars coming so often and you know, one car, I ca- try not to look too much, you know, but you know, one car comes and they're putting a bunch of food in the next car comes, they're taking a bunch of food out. So it's, it's definitely a need. And I see where the churches are really stepping up to, mm. to help that situation. And, and what's interesting you say that because a couple of episodes ago, I was also talking with somebody saying, you know, yes, that, you know, use, are going less to church, um, but um, they do come to the home gardens, um, you know, that are adjacent to the church, a part of the church, because that's that's where they would like to be involved. Yeah. Not, not necessarily in the church itself, but in the activities that might be linked yeah. with the church. So yeah. it's interesting that you mentioned that. Okay. Um, no, and anything specifically about the West Coast? You know, why do you love, you know, where you live? What should people know about, uh, you know, your area? Well, we're hikers, so we mm-hmm. highly recommend yeah. the area for hiking um, in the mountains uh, and, the, um, and the out along the rivers. Uh, we hike parts of the Pacific Crest Trail, which is a trail that mm-hmm. goes from Mexico up to uh, Canada. So we've gotten wow. just about all the areas that we can mm-hmm. then in Washington, except for real far south. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've gotten quite a bit of Southern California done also, but nice. the, the hiking is beautiful up here with, with ferns and tr- beautiful trees. And it might be a really hot day, but when you're under the trees and there's a little breeze, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you've got and, the and, smoke, and you've got the snow covered volcanoes, you know, Mount mm-hmm. Rainier yeah. and, uh, St. Helens, if you want to go a little farther South and, uh, Mount Adams, uh, the, yeah, the scenery is gorgeous. Uh, it's it's the most beautiful hiking I've ever been on in my life. On it, we've been to New Zealand and Australia mm-hmm. and Europe and everywhere. This is this is the really the best uh, area to hike I think in the world. Okay, that that that's that's people should know. This is the best hiking area in the world. Um, I I had I had seen the Mount uh, Rainier. You call it Rainier. Rainier? Is that the name? Rainier. 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 Um, or the from the plane. Yeah, Tahoma. It was beautiful. I mean, I did. I didn't know that it was that close because I thought, oh, we are somewhere midway, you know. But 
right after we were descending. So, um, yeah, beautiful. So, um, okay, that's the message that we give to, to the listeners. Uh, awesome. I would like to, to thank you so much uh, for your willingness to talk with me. Is there anything that I should have asked you that we did not uh, address? Well, there's a couple of things I'd like to brag about. Okay, go. Um, Renton's population, 111,500. And Renton came in at 81 out of 500 walks, which puts us in the top 100, which is the cream of the crop. Wow. And uh, our church, Fairwood United Methodist, they came in at uh, 39 out of I don't know how many churches there are. Mm -hmm. And um, then we also had a walker in our church that came in at 86 in the nation. Wow. That, that is that is absolutely impressive yeah um well, and and that list just came out is is that is that uh we we do that on a yearly basis right if i'm not yes, mistaken yes, yeah. it's 2022 yeah 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 okay okay so the the one that you're going uh that's coming up is not part of that yet so you're going to beat this in 2023 yeah. right <laughs> yeah. I, th I think we will jeff is putting his thumbs up there so for the for the listeners yeah okay cool um any anything else that we missed oh the one thing i would like to add is mm -hmm. that uh for when i was talking about our daughter who um uh we had given her 300 dollars that first year when she yeah. walked she got all those walkers it's been a tradition for her as an adult to uh mm. donate 100 or $300 to us every year for the crop walk. That's nice. That's <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good. That's a great, great, great story. Th thank you so much for, for, uh, you know, everything you have done so far and continue to do. I, I I'm really, yes, so impressed and, and, um, you know, that you put so much time and effort into this and, and, uh, it's, it's great. And it's doing a lot of, of good. So uh, I think you, uh, yeah, you can be proud. Um, can, I add, can I add something too? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, for sir. all the retired people out there, yeah, uh, you've got your minimum required distribution every year. So that I use part of my minimum required distribution from my IRA to uh, give to the crop walk. So it's a nice idea. There's more and more retired people every every year and uh we have things that at our church where people are giving their uh, minimum required distribution to their church well consider uh giving a little bit to the crop walk too <laughs> great <laughs> i i we we should use you would you should use your pitch for for uh finding more retired people giving to crop and, and cws for our activities within the us and outside great um thank you so much and and uh, yeah good luck with the upcoming uh crop hunger walk in what's the date let us let us repeat it one more time in in april what's the april 30th april 30th everybody are you if you're close by you live in the area um you know, sign up. We'll make sure that I mentioned the link in the podcast now. So thank you so much. Thank you, Maurice. Thank you. Good job. Have a great day. With over 1,100 miles walked, Maurice is yet again training to walk 100 more. So for those of you who aren't familiar, which if you're an avid listener, I'm sure you are, 
The 100 Mile Hunger Walk was started in 2012 by Maurice to raise funds and awareness to fight hunger and poverty around the world. This annual event came to be because Maurice was inspired by the spirit of volunteerism behind the CWS-sponsored Crop Hunger Walks, which are a community-organized charity event that takes place in over 500 locations across the U.S. each year. So because of this, Maurice decided to set out on his own journey and put his feet where his heart was. This year's 100-mile walk will take place from Monday, March 26th, to Saturday, April 1st, in Seattle, Washington. And on top of that, our fundraising campaign will run until the end of the summer. All the proceeds will go to support CWS's global programs that work to create a world where there is enough for all. So, how does a 100-mile work? Well, each year, Bloom walks 100 miles through CWS and crop communities and spends his time meeting with our crop volunteer teams, with beneficiaries, with local community members, political officials, students, artists, and other like-minded individuals, like yourself, who work to support their community and hunger and promote a healthy and nutritious lifestyle. This year's theme is centered around the inner development goals. The idea behind these is that we must first unlock and grow our inner capacity, skills, and abilities to fully materialize humanitarian transformation. These IDGs are guiding principles that help us achieve our goals as we work with local communities here in the U.S. as well as in the 60-plus countries that we work in to help end hunger and poverty while building healthy communities through increased nutritious lifestyles, especially for children. So what are some ways that you can get involved? Well, for those in the Seattle area, you can come out and walk with us for a mile, maybe two, or you can see how long you last. But don't worry, you can always come out and just say hi, meet with Maurice, have a chat, and then send him on his way. So on top of that, another easy way to get involved is to make a donation. Participants are also able to start their own fundraising page to continue their efforts by reaching out to their own communities to get involved as well. So to make a donation or start your own fundraising page, click the link. Well, of course, you're wondering where. Go to the podcast notes and click in the links. In other exciting news, this year, Maurice has been chosen to be an ambassador for Knox Gear. Knox Gear is a brand company who makes safety and visibility gear for people and their pets who love to walk, run, play sports, or anyone who lives an active or outdoor lifestyle. And yes, you're right. Also, this link can be found in the podcast notes. When the link is used to make any Knox Gear purchase... 10% of the total purchase will be donated back to support CWS hunger and nutrition programs. So for anybody interested in joining us, getting more involved, or simply just wanting to stay connected, you can send us an email at innovationhub at cwsglobal.org. You're right. You can find the link again in the podcast notes. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, if you haven't already, become a Walk Talk Listen subscriber. So let's get walking together. And don't forget to hashtag go the extra 100 mile. for listening to walk, talk, listen. Please check us out on 100mile.org or follow us on Facebook or Instagram.